Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Family, I uh, once heard Bishop T.D. Jakes. He made a quote. He said, if Jesus would be in this world today, we would have to teach him how to do church. And it's very important that we understand and we can differentiate between Christianity and church culture. It's very, some of you who have maybe grew up or been a part of a place of maybe some legalism uh, where it seemed like the, the stamp of God's approval or the notion of what holiness may have been was directly connected to a tradition that we have created. Family, we need in this hour to really give attention to are we living and acting in the way that Jesus would act? Our society and our world has a big question mark right now because in this particular season and what is going on, we see people wondering if God exists, if God is real, is is Christianity still relevant? Not because they don't believe that he can heal, uh, he can heal, save and deliver, but because if we're not careful, we are the billboards, the advertisement, the representative of Jesus can be so uh, misconstruing his character that why would they want to eat at the restaurant that we're trying to create. I believe this, that the mistake that we are making is to believe that the church is just a restaurant. Now, I'm, I watch y'all online. I love the worship. And so please uh, uh, hear, hear what I'm saying, but don't hear what I'm not saying. I believe, family, that this is still a place where you should come to eat. You should become to an encounter. The church is still a place you can come to be set free and to save. Every single Sunday, Pastor John, uh, John Ron brings a word, and I'm thankful that you come to eat. But God did not die on the cross for the church to be a restaurant family. No, 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 no. The church is not a restaurant where you come to eat. In fact, I believe the School of Culinary Arts. This is a place where you learn how to cook. Every single day, you, you, you come every single Sunday, every Wednesday, this woman's conference, you're eating healing, you're eating grace, you're eating restoration, you're eating peace, you're eating joy, you're eating hope. But you, but we step outside the thresholds of this sanctuary, seeing a, a lost generation starving for hope, starving for grace, starving for peace, starving for love. But what if, family, instead of coming into the restaurant called the church, Snapping your finger at Jesus like he's your waiter saying, fill me up today when we actually when actually we are the ones who are called to be meals on wheels. We must not be the people standing at the threshold of the church, ringing the dinner bell, yelling to the church to come and eat. But take up our responsibility as blood washed, Holy Spirit filled, yoke destroying, burden breaking believers that's going to carry hope in our hands and not just through the fruit of our lips, but through the content of our social medias oh family we gotta I know this may sound crazy and I know this may sound very elementary uh, 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 very uh, simple but family I believe we gotta get back to the Jesus of the Bible and not the Jesus we are weaponizing for an agenda not the Jesus we are weaponizing and pimping out for our own desire but a Jesus who's still after the lost a Jesus still after the sick a Jesus who is looking for those who want an encounter with him we need 
to be Christians. Oh, and it's our family. And so I believe we got to get our hands dirty. Maybe you've seen these memes or these videos. And it's, it, it says this. It says, my hands look like this so her hands can look like that. And what happens is that it's a, it's, it's a picture of, let's say, a, a man's hand filled with grease and, and all and, and dirty and stuff. And then, and then, again, traditionally, a woman's hand with the, what's the fingernails? Petty or Metis? What is that called? A petty? A Medi? She get her nails all did, you know what I'm saying? And so what, what happens is saying, the picture is simply saying that, hey, I'm working very hard. I'm getting my hands dirty. So then the one I love can, can, can have the benefits of. So her hands, her hands never have to get dirty or vice versa. And so sometimes I believe that we think Jesus is like that. Jesus did not get your hands dirty. So your hands can remain clean. Jesus got his hands dirty to show us how to get ours dirty. Oh, family, and I'm not talking about sin. I'm not talking who can ascend to the Lord, who can send his holy, his clean hands and a pure heart. I'm not talking about a lifestyle of sin, but I, I am talking about this desire to get involved in people's situations and love. This desire to say, hey, I'm going to be your hands and your feet, God. I, this desire to, to be the light that we say we're supposed to be. It's time that we start glowing in the dark again. I was young and I was little when I, my parents went to the Dollar Tree. And got these little planets, aliens, little green plastic, hard plastic disc. And what's supposed to happen, it's supposed to glow in the dark. Remember the first time I took it out of the package, I didn't read it at all. I just, I was very excited. I just waited till it, waited till it got uh, night, nighttime. I took it out of the package and I set it down and I was so upset, Pastor John, that that night it didn't glow in the dark. Then I woke up and I confronted my parents and said, hey, this thing is broken. The Dollar Tree's all jacked up. What is going on? And they told me that, listen, uh, you have to put it up to the light first. The instructions that if you put these up to the light, it absorbs the light. So thus it can glow in the dark. Family, we need to be people who is going to connect and be close to the light once again. People who are willing to glow in the dark, but we can't, we can't push out something that we're not feeding ourselves. I'm telling you, family, we need to be Christians. We can't be prideful Christians, selective evangelists, passive pastors. Arrogant sermons, arrogant servants and narcissistic believers. We have to be Christians. So I want to ask yourself a question. Have you been getting your hands dirty? I find one. We're going to start reading the book of John, chapter eight, starting at verse one through eleven. John, chapter eight. Verses 1 through 11. This is a very familiar passage of scripture. And I believe, family, that the Lord lived his life to model to us how we should live. This is John chapter 8, verses 1 through 11. This is a portion of scripture of a woman that was caught in sin. Caught in the act of sin. I love how, once again, the Lord models for us how we as believers should live. I've seen right now such a generations asking the hard questions. 
growing up in Sunday school saying, Mama, your dad, you told me that God loves everybody. Why are you acting like you hate them? Mom and dad, you told the song, the song, Jesus loved the little children, red, yellow, black and white. They are precious in his sight, but why are people treated differently? Family, we live where a generation is asking the question. I believe they're calling our bluff. Could it be because we are shifting from the father's part? But John chapter 11, verse 1 through 11 is a portion of scripture that I find so incredible that uh, that I want to read to you. But it's a moment we see when God gets his hands dirty. It says it says this. It says at at verse two, it says that Donnie appeared to the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. He sat down to teach them the teacher, the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in the act caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this one was caught in the act of adultery. And the law, the law of Moses commands us to stone such a woman. But what now? What do you say? They were using this to question as a trap in order to have a basis to accuse him. But Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger. When they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said, let anyone who is out sin, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, they were at this. Those who heard began to go away one at a time. The older one first only until Jesus was left with the woman still standing here, standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir. He said, but neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, go now and leave your life of sin. Many of you have probably heard that portion of scripture before, but I find it remarkable for many reasons. Number one, this woman that was caught in the act of adultery, it, it, you see a tug of war going on right now. And when Jesus steps up, a tug of war with legality and morality. And we oftentimes we see the Lord step into moments through people who we, some people de- uh, deem not deserving of his attention. We find this in, the, in Zacchaeus, the story. Where the boy Zacchaeus climbed up a sycamore tree to see who Jesus was. And when Jesus, the Bible says, when he came to the spot, Jesus called him down to, hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming at your house today. The people in the community began to mutter and they began to say, how in the world can you stay, be a guest with this sinner? But Jesus addressed the crowd every single time. We see moments like this where humanity will, ca- will, 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 will push away a, a people group based upon their sin or their lifestyle. Jesus stepped into the gap to reconcile, to redeem and to save. And here is another example where you got one group of people who don't believe that he's worth the interaction. We see Jesus willing once again to get his hands dirty. And so many scholars go back and forth saying that what could Jesus possibly wrote on the ground that will cause the Pharisees to drop the stone? To go back and forth. Scholars going back and forth. Some say, well, maybe they wrote their, maybe Jesus wrote their sins. Maybe he wrote their name. Listen, I don't, but what, be honest with you, I don't care what he wrote. That doesn't move me at all. What moves me about this story was the fact that Jesus in intercession, standing in the gap, Jesus willing, stooped down and got his hands dirty for her. Do you know what it's like for the Lord to put his hand in your mess? 
Do you know what it's like to know that you're deserving of the consequence, but mercy and grace stepped in? Do you know what it's like, family, to know that you don't deserve your house? You don't deserve your family. You don't deserve what you're going through. You don't deserve your blessing because you remember every single thing that should have canceled it out. But grace stepped in. I believe the world is looking for a generation of people who will stand up and be and wave the banner of the Lord and step in the gap of a generation who is lost but is desperately looking for light to show them how to be found we got to get our hands dirty again instead of hiding in the sanctuaries of our churches yelling from our steeples for them to change rather than to go to help them change listen I love church family don't get it twisted I'm not I'm not trying to obviously I'm preaching in a church I love it I love what y'all are doing But you got to know that church is not your escape. It's your refuge. You're not coming in a Sunday to escape. You're coming in a Sunday to get charged up and to go. It's not for us to gorge and to eat and eat and eat and eat of the word, but us to exercise the truth, family. I'm, I'm, I'm praying for a day where we take up our mantles. And we began to do what Jesus has us doing. Because it doesn't make sense for us to be Christians with clean hands when the world is waiting for a touch. When we're the ones that God has called and raised up to stretch out our hands to be that touch. You know that God wants to flow through you? You know that God wants to move through you? You know, the people you've been praying for every single Sunday and every single intercession, those who are not, those who are lost, you know, what if you're the ones that God is raising up to be the voice? Family, I know this is not complicated. I know I'm not going very deep. I know, I know, I know we're not, we're not breaking out the Greek and the Hebrew, but family, scrolling through my social media, I'm like, what? Man, we got to be Christians. So and so in the book, of, let me give you another example. You can turn to the book of John, chapter 11. We can read verse 38. The first example we saw when the Lord got his hands dirty. But I want you to see how then God challenged man to get his hands dirty. Us to get our hands dirty. Bible says that in the beginning, while you're turning there, it says in the beginning there was God. Right. And God said that to be light. Jesus walks the earth and he says, I am the light of the world. But then he looks at the disciples and he gave them this command, let your light so shine among men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your father in heaven. We understand, family, that 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 we can't just be shoulda, coulda, woulda believers. We need to have some deeds, some actions. We got to put our faith in action and, it, and thus it, 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 we, we can help shine some light. We got to hold a flashlight every now and then during dark times. But but here in the book of John, chapter 11, it's a miracle that God is performing, but he gets man actively involved. This is a story where we read about uh, Lazarus. So what happened? Lazarus was dead. Uh, Jesus came to the scene. And his and, uh, and now we get to John chapter verse eleven verse thirty eight. So Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave. The stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor, for he has been there for four days. That means the brother was stank, decomposing, nasty. 
I wonder if there was pus and maggots and decomposing flesh seeping through the linen. It was a nasty moment. Then Jesus said to her, did I not tell you that if you believed, you will see the glory of God? He had to speak to her place of unbelief. Verse 41. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know you always hear me. But I said this for the benefit of those standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. When he said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice. The Lazarus come out. The dead man came out with his feet and hands wrapped with strips of linen and the cloth around his face. Jesus said to him, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I want you to see something remarkable in this portion of scripture. This, this miracle happened in three steps, but God only sovereignly did one. Without the other two, God, it would impede what God was trying to do. Mm-mm-mm-mm. The first step that he gave in that moment was for the, for, it didn't even specify the disciples. We assume, but he called people. The first step was to do what? Roll back the stone. He, and in order to do this miracle, he had to call people to get involved. He had to call, he had to call men and women to get involved, to put their hands on the stone and to roll it back. Family, I believe that this is one of the incredible like uh, illustrations we can use for race, uh, 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 um, relational evangelism. I believe in the book of Acts, the Bible says he went from house to house breaking bread and the church multiplied. I believe one of those powerful things you can do to be a witness is actually spend time with people. Being invested. You know what I'm saying? Talking to people. Building relationships with people. To me, family, this rolling back this stone is, 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 is something that we can do. It's, is, is, is the same like talking to your neighbor, going to have a cup of coffee, or spending time building relationships, baking some cookies, uh, building some sort of rapport where, where, where you have some sort of relational equity. Family, you ever, it's, we, where I'm from, I don't know if y'all use this here in Houston, but I'm from North Carolina, and we say you're holding up a front. Stop fronting. Y'all use that word here? Okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? It's this, it's this, it's this facade, this mask that people lift up. And you don't really know the real person until they let you in. Family, I believe some of the powerful things you can do in this hour is, is, is we need less soapboxes and more conversation around coffee tables. For step one, in order for God to do this miracle, he, had, he told mankind to roll back the stone. Then after the obstacles rolled away, Jesus called Lazarus out by name, spoke the resurrection life. He did what only he sovereignly can do, called him out and he was resurrected. But notice here we get the next point. Once again, he calls mankind to get involved. What do you tell him to do? Take off the grave clothes. He's been dead. It's been stank. I ain't touching that. Decomposing. Pus. Maggots. Ew. 
But 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 he but we, he he they, he said, hey, he, take off the grave clothes. Here's a man that was resurrected, that was alive, that was that was that was uh, 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 brought from the dead, but he was still bound. And he called mankind to get their hands dirty, to get involved, to get into action, to remove the place of bondage that they are in. Family, I we need what or oh, what could happen in our world today when we become relational believers instead of yelling evangelists. Well, I'm speaking loud. That we become people who are involved in individuals' lives. That we stop yelling from Facebook and start talking in our coffee tables. What would happen when we get involved in people's lives again? Family, I hope you hear an alarm today. And again, I know this is a very deep, but I'm praying you hear an alarm because some of your hands are still clean. But yet you're complaining about the state of the world. But what are you doing? How are you getting involved? You're waiting for the Great Commission to be legislated from the White House. But are you living in your house? What are we doing? This can't be. This can't be what Jesus died for. This cannot be it. What we have right now, the reason that Jesus humbled himself upon the cross, where he willingly gave up his life. This can't be it. There must be more. And there is. What if he's waiting to speak resurrection life? But he's waiting for you to put your hand on someone else's stone. To get involved, to build a relationship, to build a rapport, to talk to people. So Jesus can have an opportunity to speak resurrection life, to perform miracles, to do signs and wonders. Family, I believe that the world is waiting on us. The world is waiting on us. We need to get dirty fingernails. We need to get dirty hands. We need to get involved. It's literally saying you got to get your hands dirty. What does that mean? Getting involved. We must. We must. Because what I'm witnessing in this day and hour is the weaponizing of Jesus for gain. And the world is wondering if Jesus is is still real or relevant. Let me tell you, when we start glowing in the dark, Pastor John, help me. When we start glowing in the dark, when we start being the hands and feet of Jesus again, family, when we start seeing reconciliation, things started happening, true conversations, when we start fighting for each other instead of fighting each other, when we start doing the work of Jesus, oh, the world will no longer have to wonder because they're going to see. Let me tell you this, family. We are in one of the most opportune times for a great awakening. Whoo! Listen, we keep quoting this verse. If my people call by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn the wicked ways and I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive the sin. I'll heal the land. We keep quoting these verses, family. But do you know what you're asking? Humbling ourselves, our responsibility. Seeking his face, our responsibility. Not the world's, ours. I can't blame the world for being the world when we as a church are an act of our responsibility. If we're not showing them how to stand upright, if we're not getting involved, how can we cast stones when we haven't built altars? We need to be individuals where we are going to be Christians again. 
We want to play blame game. We want to throw stones. But God is trying to resurrect a a people group that's going to say, God, not my will, but your will be done. What will happen here at Numa Church if we will stop giving God excuses and we will start giving him sacrifices? What would happen? Oh, Jesus. But 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14, if I pray, see my first turn the work and I'll hear from heaven. I'll forgive the sin and I'll heal their lands. What do you think heal their lands is? How do you think God healed lands? This is, y'all listen, <laughs> read the Bible and see how God healed lands. See how he see how he confronted the believers of the day. See how he confronted the church judgment in the house of God. See how he dealt with it. See how he dealt with ideology and idol worship. See how he dealt with the family. When the heaven was shut up. You know, see how see how he handled how he healed the lands. But listen, the world and we are standing an opportunity for a great awakening, but we are squandering it. We're squandering it. Let me tell you. I believe the Lord has set the stage for there to be a conversation. You know, there's nowhere in scripture do you read. Don't be mad at me. I'm going to tell you. Okay. The Bible does not. Nowhere in scripture do we see blessed are the peace uh, keepers. Nowhere. Peacekeeper is not in the Bible. You'll be like, oh, no, nah, bro, you, 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 had, you had me till then. You lost me now. Yeah, it is. No, in the book of Matthew. No, front, uh-uh. Bump that. No, no, no. Peacekeeper is not in the peacemaker is. You want to know, let me tell you, I, 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 I only imagine of how there's the reason why there may be so much conflict in your household is because this very simple thing I'm about to tell you. We are so scared of conflict that we run from it. But Jesus ran towards it. I'm not, talk, I'm not talking about uh, taking off your earrings, putting the Vaseline up, putting your hair on a ponytail, and you fitting to go to work. I'm not talking about that kind of conflict. I'm not talking about fighting and throwing bows and cussing. But I am talking about confronting the situations that, that needs to be confronted. A peacekeeper is someone that say there's conflict in your marriage and your family. You'd be like, well, no, I can't say anything. Every single time we talk about it, we always end up fighting. And uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to sweep it under the rug. I'm going to act like it's not going to be there. I'm going to act like it's going to go away. And maybe one day it'll get better. And that's the biggest lie. Because nothing goes away with time. The only thing you lose is an opportunity to change it. Ignorance. Come on, never mind. So, (laughs) all right. Listen, we have a generation who's trying to confront and be honest about what they're feeling. We have a society calling them snowflakes for doing it. A people calling up saying, hey, tell me how you feel but rebuke them when they do while telling them about a Jesus who wants to hear whatever you're going through. Oh, y'all ain't ready. Listen, listen, I deleted my notes. 
There, no, I didn't. Calling this generation snowflakes because they dared to feel their feelings while you are drinking your feelings away to avoid to feel them and confronting them doesn't mean they have less courage because it takes courage to feel them. Actually, it means we're choosing not to exhibit any. I believe that we can be saved and still need a therapist. I believe that you can still need to talk to somebody. I believe you can have an encounter with the Holy Ghost and still need a place to go, family. We're living in a day and time that society is saying, hey, here's my wounds, but we're running from them and we're cursing them. How in the world can we expect people to be healing when we as the nurses to the great physician are telling them to shut up when they're telling us about their hurt? The world is bleeding out. The world is hurting. And I believe that we are the individuals that God is raising up for such a time as this. We have to be peacemakers. What's the difference between a peacemaker and a peacekeeper? A peacemaker understands in order to make peace, conflict is required. Peace is made. So people are praying, God, we need peace in our nation. We need peace in our nation. Don't mistake peace for things being silent again. The same way you staying in an abusive relationship where your husband is beating you. But just because he didn't beat you last month, you think things are good. Because you're not, because it's silent, it's better. No, no, no. We are equating peace with silence, but in order to make peace, confidence required. If, if they're, they're, you're dealing with alcoholism in your family, you got to confront alcoholism. Give attention to that thing so thus peace can be there. Family, we are living in a world today. I know I'm saying a lot. We're living in a world today that's waiting for Christians to be Christians. For us to be individuals where we are going to look like Jesus again. You can't tell me that Jesus, you can't tell me that Jesus will be someone to tell people to be quiet about their hurt. You can't tell me that Jesus is someone that's going to rebuke someone and wagging a finger saying you're just being a victim when when reality times they're trying to be honest about what they're going through. You can't tell me that this Jesus that we say we serve, he no longer cares about the anxiety and the depression and the PTSD and the stress that's going on in people's lives. You can't tell me that this Jesus Jesus does not care about the state of people's relationship as we as a church sit in the pews of our church with our arms crossed singing the latest greatest anointed worship song when the world is dying outside we must be Christians again oh family it's my question to you before I close why are your hands still clean Facebook status filled, but your hands still clean. Why are your complaints overwhelming, but your hands still clean? What are you doing? Man, I'm not talking about sin issues. I'm not talking about getting involved in sin. I'm talking about getting involved in someone else's life. I shared this vision that happened to me. I, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'm going to close, bro. Listen, I had this vision open. I shared this story years ago when I was here. Never, this escaped me. I'll never forget this in my entire life. And I was pacing back and forth from my church in um, Asheboro, North Carolina. 
and I, was, I went to a, a Bible school, Master's Christian thing, and right, and all the other uh, people went out to cookout. There's a restaurant in North Carolina. If y'all ever go down North Carolina, you got to have it called cookout. It's fire, right? And so, but I didn't go, not because I was super spiritual, but because I was broke. Po, so po. Not even poor, po, you get it. Couldn't afford the rest of the letters. Anyways, and so uh, pacing back and forth, praying as all my friends are out, out eating, having a good time. And I have an open vision. Never forget this. Open vision is different. Something you see like out inside of something you see like you walk into a movie set. And what happened? I'm not making, listen, I'm not making fun of weight or anything, but this is exactly what happened. In the very, very back of the church, there was an obese woman. There was no physical way that she could live. No way at all. I'm not talking about like him, like no way. She filled the entire, uh, entire back pew. And the pew, she was so heavy, the pew broke. She had one cheek on one end, the other cheek on the other end. I, and I, it startled me and I said, God, who is that? verbatim he said Timothy that's my church he said God why is she so big and he said these words verbatim he said Timothy my church has been coming into my house eating and eating and eating of my word but they have not exercised their faith and because they have not exercised their faith they have lost their mobility what if we have all the answers, make the greatest food. We have the greatest joy. We have the greatest peace. We, we know where our help comes from because we've been helped. We know where our redemption comes from because we've been redeemed. We know what it's like to be, to be, to, to be saved because we knew what it was like to be lost. We know where, 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 where Jesus, how to lift up our eyes to the hills because God adjusted our stature and, get, and put our attention upon him. What if we come to this church every single Sunday and we eat and eat and eat and eat and eat? Only to leave with full bellies and people holding up signs yelling to get a job. What if we're the ones who know who's hiring? Who knows where they can get their blessing from? Who knows they can get their deliverance from? Who knows they can get their freedom from? But what if we're not simply waiting to next Sunday to bring them to the church to put the responsibility on our pastor? When the Bible says some are evangelists, prophets, teachers, apostles to train others to the work of the ministry. What if the world, your neighborhood, your children, your wife, your uncle, your mama, your daddy. What if they are waiting for you to put on your apron, to put that cast on skillet on and to show them how to cook love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and long suffering and self-control. What if they're tired of seeing believers who can speak in tongues but can't speak in love. What if they're tired of seeing believers that will lay hands on demons but won't lay hands on their loved ones? What if they're tired of hearing about believers who has an opinion about their own or someone else's sin but don't give any attention to theirs? We need to be Christians. Real ones though. Jesus of the Bible. Not the ones, not the not this pimped out horde example that we see masqueraded on television today. But a Jesus who loves you just the way you are. He loves you too much to leave you that way. So my question is this, family. Are you willing to get your hands dirty? 
Are you willing to roll up your sleeve? The Bible says he, he pulled us out the miry clay and he gave me a firm place to stand. Are you willing to get involved? Will you start being Christians? Not in name tag, but in deed. But here's the reality. For the woman caught in the act of adultery, some of us will just walk right past by because we feel like, well, she deserves to be there. Because once again, the Lord confronts morality with legality. And grace always stooped in. Maybe it's not a woman caught in that act of adultery that you will see and you will willingly just pass on by. What sin? What sin do you don't? What sin that you may not struggle with that you deem is is worthy? for you to pass by maybe it's not a woman that an act of adultery maybe it's a drug addict maybe it's a maybe it's someone who got a divorce maybe it's someone for pornographic addiction and now maybe it's a Trump supporter maybe it's a Black Lives Matter supporter whatever you see media trying to tip put in your what, what is that person that you will say that I've seen the worst on social media people wishing death upon somebody because they don't believe in how they believe what type of person will you say okay God they deserve that wrath when you yourself are forgetting the mercy that will shine down upon you why dare we forget that and believe that the blood was only thick enough to redeem ours but it's not worthy to redeem theirs it's time we roll up our sleeves and get involved let me be quiet for real get involved in people's life but before we can extend a touch we may need our own because I believe in this hour there has been a great deception a deception of traditionalism pharisaical and sadducical behaviors that we have elevated a religion over, over Jesus. Created our own God that, that, that has a power and lack, but image of God but lacks all power thereof. We're raising up Saul's instead of David's. People who prophesy in a backslidden state. People who know verses but don't live them. Are you that person? One of the scariest verses is one that said, he said, he said, he said, did we not prophesy your name? Did we not cast the demons in your name? He said, I never knew you depart from your workers of iniquity. These are people, family, who are in ministry. They did the work of the church. But Jesus said, I never knew people who gave God their hands, but neglected their heart. People who knew all the right verses and all the right things to say, all the right Christian needs, all the right church service things. People who knew how to do church, but failed to be it. So my question to you today is, maybe you are prophesying. Maybe you are casting out demons. Maybe you are singing worship songs. Maybe you are giving your tithe and offering. Maybe you are doing a lot of things for God. Maybe you're giving him your hands. But does he have your heart? Are you living for him? For real though. Two questions I have for you. I got to stop talking for real. Two questions I have for you. One question is this. Are you a Christian? Don't be so quick to answer because the next question is going to bring validity to that first. Because we can, you, we can bear witness 
we can agree with what Christian is supposed to be. And maybe you carry this name tag of Christian. So my first question was, are you a Christian? My next question is, can other people tell? Can other people tell? The Bible says, we'll know them by their fruit. Is there any validity to your confession of faith other than their mental assent? Believing that a God, that God exists. Can your Netflix tell that you're a Christian? Can your Snapchat, Instagram tell that you're a Christian? Can, 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 the, can the content of your jokes at work tell that you're a Christian? Can the way you're treating your wife or your husband, your children tell that you're a Christian? Now I know you know how to worship here at church, but what about the conversations on the way home? Are the fruits of your confession of faith? Because if there's not... But you may be in danger of being those individuals who has the image of God but is lacking all the power thereof. I love basketball. I had a conversation with my brother here. I want the Lakers to win. I, I'm a LeBron James fan. I want him to win. But listen, LeBron James has no idea who I am, brother. He has no idea who I am. But if I go to LeBron James' house, I know he likes Taco Tuesdays. I'm on LeBron James' house and I'm here and I say, and I don't, not in he doesn't know I'm there. I break in. I'm there, sitting at his dinner table, opening up his juicy juice and drinking his jaritos, right? And so, and so, I'm just, I'm in there, uninvited on Taco Tuesday. And I roll. He rolls up and says, "Hey, you want some LeBron?" Like, yo, why are you doing here? Who are you? And I'm gonna start naming out a bunch of facts, Remy. All over, but LeBron, now listen, I know you played for the, oh Lord, Miss Valley, I know you, I know you played for the Heats, I know you played for the Cavs, I, I know you played for the Lakers, you're balling, you're hooping, I know you like tacos, I'm going to name all these different facts about LeBron James, guess who's going to tell me, my sister, Pastor Melissa, he's going to tell me this, I have no idea who you are, he's, he's, he's going to say, I know all these, I know you may know all these facts and stats about me that you read somewhere, but we don't know each other. I have no relationship with you. And while I'm being carried off and arrested, I'm going to say, but I did these things. I'm going to remind myself, did not prophesy in your name. Did not cast out demons in your name. Did not give this light in your name. Did not go to the women's conference in your name. Did not no give to the poor in your name. Don't not give my tithes in your name. Don't not sing these worship songs in your name. He's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me, workers of iniquity. <laughs> Good call. So my question to you, are the fruits of your faith in your life? Not because you hope it's there, but because other people can, because it's there. Can you stand to your feet? Am I Is there any perfect person here? No, fam. All of us are imperfect people chasing after a perfect God that perfects us. All of us are. You're watching on live stream. I want to encourage you to stand up to your feet as well. This is for you. God is not bound by longitude and latitude. He's not bound by distance or time. The same God is moving here. The same God is moving right there. I pray the Holy Spirit invades your bedroom, your living room, your car, wherever you may be, where your hospital, wherever you may find yourself in right now or tomorrow. I pray the Holy Ghost invades you. So right now, family, can you lift up your hands right where you are? 
It's easy to assume. It takes courage to ask. It's easy to assume that we're good. It takes courage to ask the Lord. And one of the Bible verses says, God, search me, know me. If there's any offense way in me, show me. So I want you right now in all humility to ask God, say, God, am I good with you? Is there anything in my life separating me from you? Come on, talk to him. Forget about the religion. Forget about, I don't care whose daddy you are, whose, whose daughter or son you are. It's you, you're not saved by osmosis. This is your moment. Talk to the father. Talk to the father right where you are. Just talk to him. Be honest. Open, open conversation with him. Come on, Holy Spirit. Come on, just a few moments. Come on, Holy Spirit. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.